0: and and we are the the extra extra sisters sisters. so sit back relax and let's get creepy welcome to another haunted happy hour and in this haunted happy hour we are going to talk about the seven deadly sins i know (laughs) i personally have the most experience about the seven deadly sins in the video game dante's inferno so
1: yes which funny story
0: yeah chris and i have played parts of that together but then we got I wouldn't say bored, but then we were like, we can't beat this, and then just turned it over to Connor, and then he just <laughs> did it. Yeah, he, we were that's like, "What I always yeah.
1: do when I when I struggle with the game, I'm just like Connor."
0: So I like video games specifically, like it has to have a storyline, you know. Like I'm not a huge mm-hmm. just like shoot 'em up, like Call of Duty. Definitely, yeah. You know, so I like these kinds of games, and. I, when I was in high school, this came out when I was like a junior, I think. This, not We're not talking about the video games, Dante's Inferno, to be clear. But I just wanted to, it's just kind of funny. And I don't know how to play video games. Like, I like them, but I'm not good at them. And I don't, like, understand them, right? <laughs> so I played through the entirety of Dante's Inferno, not knowing how to add in upgrades.
1: I literally don't know how you did that. You've got to be a god. Like... Y- I don't know how. <laughs> it
0: took me forever. And I, I was fucking like, bet. this is so fucking hard and frustrating. I would literally just have to walk away. Like, I know when that's normal, like, you just have to, like, walk, but, like, it's so funny because I'm so bad at video games. But when I tell people that, they're like, well, clearly you're not.
1: Obviously you're not. Because, <laughs> because defeating Satan, whoo, oh my God, with all the stuff, I can't imagine how you did it without.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because I didn't know, like, I didn't know how to equip them or, like, where to find them. I was just, like, collecting upgrades and not using them because I didn't I didn't know I didn't know I just so yeah yeah that's a thing that happened and then I played it again and my friend was like give give it give it give it here because he realized what I was doing and he was like are you fucking kidding me and then he equipped everything when I did my I I wanted to go up a skill level you know yeah (laughs) and I was like
1: wow it's so much easier now (laughs) So, wow, yeah. yeah, I can't imagine how many times you fucking died, bro. Yeah, the limit does not exist <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so many times, and that's why that game took me months.
1: Yeah, I freaking bet.
0: Months and months and months. It wasn't like you sat down on a weekend bender, you know.
1: That's dedication, though. You must have been really interested in it.
0: I have replayed that game several times because I really enjoyed it.
1: Yes, I love Dante's Inferno.
0: Yeah, it's a really highly recommend. Like, that's a great game. And I'll probably, and I'll do it again, you know. Like, (laughs) it's actually about time for me to get the itch to do that game again because I thought it was so fun. Granted, it's probably one of the only games I've ever finished on my own, you know, just because I get bored and abandoned video games but I played through a couple of the Assassin's Creed games you know but
1: oh yeah yeah I'm in love with the Egypt one but I haven't done about. that
0: one I know we're just like video <laughs> games yeah so anyways so on the day we're recording this I'm just gonna throw this out here our second podcast did launch if you haven't heard yeah I know we're recording this on May 1st. Obviously, it's not going to come out on May 1st, but Oddest is Hottest has launched. As of date of launch, it is available on Amazon Music Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, and then some other little random ones that I don't know if anybody actually uses, like Listen FM. As of date of recording, it has not gone on Apple, but hopefully by the time you hear this, it will be. But it is called Oddest is Hottest. Please follow it on Instagram. Even if you don't want to listen, obviously that supports it. But if you like the banter and the religious banter that i'm going to go into <laughs> later it's pretty much that
1: <laughs> right
0: but on its own show so hit that up and yeah just want to throw that out there before we get into this and before i forget so hottest is hottest go support it if you like us bantering back and forth so <laughs> all right would you like to start us off we split the sins so obviously yeah. that's how we're gonna do this
1: yeah Fair warning, some of my sins I don't have a lot of information on, but I'm sure we'll end up talking about all of them anyway. So yeah. to begin, I actually just have some background information on the seven deadly sins. So if anybody is curious at all, if you're not religious, the seven deadly sins are not actually something that appears in the Bible. That is not from the Bible. That actually first appeared in 375 AD by Ponticus Athagoras. And his original list actually is different from the list that we know of now. His original list had lust, gluttony, sloth, greed, anger, pride, vainglory, and sadness. And Pope Gregory in 590 AD, he took out sadness and vainglory, and instead he added envy. He was also the pope that made the priest celibate. And he also added seven heavenly virtues that were the opposite of the seven deadly sins. And these were chastity, liberality, kindness, patience, humility, abstinence, and diligence. I'm going to start off with one of my small ones, and I'm going to start off with lust. Now, lust, first of all, I went and looked up also Every seven deadly sin has a demon that is associated with it. There are seven princes of hell, and each one is associated with the seven deadly sin. For lust, we have the demon Asmodeus. And lust has taken on a different meaning throughout history. So if we go to the Greeks, which a lot of the stuff that we have now is actually from the Greeks, actually even Zeus, what, you know, God, we got him basically from Zeus. So most of the stuff that we took was from the Greeks. And the Greeks, actually, their word orgy originally meant a secret ritual. Sex was totally linked with religion. They had rituals of Dionysus that were basically large sex parties in the woods. So they never really considered lust a problem. And most ancient civilizations didn't. You you can see it on Hindu walls. Obviously, the Greeks didn't have a problem with it, and the Romans were notorious for their orgies. So way back when, ancient civilizations thought that sex was needed. And in fact, that's basically all of the stories of their gods were that the world was created through sex. Now, that didn't start to change until we started having the christian and muslim and jewish religions where we didn't have the earth being created by gods the earth in those religions is just a thing it is just the thing that we stand on like a marble like stone so it wasn't actually created like that so they didn't find it necessary to bring sex into the fold with religion now once again i did state that this is not in the Bible. But where we hear most about lust, and Amanda did bring it up in the beginning, is from Dante Alighieri. And he wrote about, he has three books. He has the Inferno, he has Purgatory, and he has Paradise. Now we hear about most the Inferno, but he actually writes a lot about the seven deadly sins in Purgatory as well, because that's how people are going to get to Paradise. You go to hell. And if you work on things, you can get to purgatory. You got to work harder. Then you can go to heaven. Now, lust, there are nine levels of hell. Lust is on the second level. And in Dante's Inferno, we know this is the stuff that we imagine when we imagine hell is all from his book. There really aren't any other portrayals before this point. So he basically made it all up but it was from what he was hearing in church. And this this is where he's getting these ideas. So lust is the second level. And in that level, the lustful are flung through the air with battering winds, thought to be the storm-like power of lust. And he's pretty light with this sin. He is not, I mean, there are some crueler things that he does to other sinners, like the wrathful and things like that. He's not very hard on the lustful because this is the one that he struggled with most in purgatory the lustful are then purged of their sin by flames that consume them like the sexual desire once did which that sounds even worse than being flung through the air to me
0: yeah <laughs> <So> it's yeah <laughs> i think that there was a couple that i mean honestly it was interesting because when i was researching all of this it was like now they did understand that this was human nature. It's like they said that for mm-hmm. every single thing, and it was like, all right, so which is it? And it's like, and I I understand that, like, in moderation, in moderation. But it especially with lust, and then with greed, and I'll get into greed a little bit later because that's one of mine. I'm gonna save that one. I think for I can't decide if I'm gonna save sloth <laughs> or greed for last. time. not anyways they seem to be a little bit like, yes, you know, everyone's lustful, but like, it's still going to like condemn you basically.
1: Yeah. That is one thing that I was reading and there is a series that I was watching a lot of this on it's called seven deadly sins. And each one is an episode. And they were even talking about how these, almost all of these are positive evolutionary traits that, I mean, lust having more partners and more offspring evolutionary standing is not a problem and I think it's kind of funny for religion to once again be so pissed off at evolution
0: right and I I knew I've read about lust before because like I one of the things that I was always this is kind of like weird to say and I'm not sure like how to specifically like say this without being like like lust is one of those things I think we all hear certain sins that we identify more with than others and then ones that were like yeah that's not an issue for me you know what I mean
1: yeah definitely
0: and lust is one of those that I've always been like yep yeah, that's gonna send me straight to hell <laughs> <laughs> so lust is one that I've always known a little bit more about and one of the things that I because hell coming from a place of growing up in religion hell was always used as like a fear tactic a control tactic right so when you hear about the seven deadly sins they don't tell you that that's not in the bible obviously Mm -hmm. that's just like these are deadly sins they're gonna send you straight to hell and like that wasn't really something that we talked about in church but like everyone knows about the seven deadly sins and the church doesn't really renounce them you know what i mean yeah it's like oh don't worry about that that's not in the bible nobody fucking says that you know
1: right it's even worse because there are things so once again this didn't even happen until a later pope and now the church is like oh we can't take that out because that's papal doctrine are you kidding me it wasn't even always there you know it's like the the priest not being able to marry and having to be celibate it wasn't even always there so stop telling me that it's been there from the beginning
0: right and it's like people putting in homophobic in the bible in the 40s yeah it's like you're just writing your own agenda.
1: Exactly. And
0: like with, there are parts of lust that's kind of broken down into different categories. I think a certain saint did it. Let me, okay, yeah. So it's broken down into all of these different things that define lust. So wet dreams, nocturnal emissions, adultery, simple fornication, which is having sex with one's wife for enjoyment rather than for bearing children. So you can't even do that. Rape, which that's fair and seduction which is basically somebody r- ravishing a virgin an unnatural vice is the worst and which is like lust because it is unnatural which is like bestiality or
1: mm-hmm. like
0: that's fair incest sodomy things like that
1: yeah i remember them talking about self abuse you're not even allowed to masturbate mm.
0: which is something the church has been after forever especially yeah. in things like mormonism like they will, the bishops will literally have one-on-ones with Mormon children asking them, like, do you masturbate? Like, that is so inappropriate, you know? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And like, obviously rape, that's a, that's a thing that's like, should be a sin, (laughs) you know, but it's not treated, you know, they'll sweep that under the rug all day. But you having, you know, sex for pleasure, you know, at least now you can do that as long as you're married, but wet dreams, how the fuck you can't control that shit you know what I mean Yeah,
1: I mean they're they're so possessive of sex that and they don't want you to have it like even I think it was I'm pretty sure it was the term sodomy even sodomy way back when like we think of it now as anal penetration it's not sodomy originally was anything that was not missionary style with the man on top
0: right right it's just evolved
1: yeah anything other than that position will basically send you to hell and you're like what the fuck
0: yeah Yeah. and also there's things like translations that get a little murky which i can see that uh, like language evolves over time too you know especially when we're talking about dead languages and things but
1: yeah they uh, the show that i was watching was also talking about a catholic or christian sect that was actually known for having sex the priests and priestess would it would be the whole ritual to god would be to have sex and they were you know ousted as these crazy people and it's like i i still go back to and i've said it before my question is if you want all these fucking parishioners you want this huge congregation of people then people have to fuck to do it you want them to have sex or no
0: Right. It's only if it's to create more indoctrinated people. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. And that was for the mit, like the purpose of the church. It was to control everything that everyone's doing all the time. Yes. Thought control, physical body control. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point. And so you take this one thing that somebody did. And then you just elaborate on it, like these deadly sins, you know. Exactly. And then people would specifically, like with lust, like hurt themselves. Like the, like monks, for example, would hold something over, like their hands, I think, over fire.
1: Yes, too. Because, you know, you know, when you really want to do it, it can almost be like painful. So they would change it to a different kind of pain. And then to top it all off, the church, like, I don't even think it was 100 years later, maybe it was, after the seven deadly sins were a thing, they create a confession because they were like, oh, well, these people are still doing these things, but now they're not telling us. And if they're not telling us, then they can't feel guilty about it. So now we have to have them come in and tell us all these terrible deeds they're thinking and doing.
0: Right. That's kind of what I was talking about with Mormonism earlier, except like in Mormonism, like obviously I haven't been to a Catholic confessional, but like you know exactly who you're talking to, I would assume, being the priest. Right. It's not that anonymous. It's not like an anonymous comment box. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? So like, but the bishops in Mormonism, in the Jesus Christ Church of Latter-day, whatever they want to be called now, LDS, Mormons, it's all the same shit, right? They are literally sitting... Face to face with you or you're in a room of several people being chastised for that shit.
1: That's what I had. So by the time I started doing confession and stuff like that, started learning it, they were starting to get rid of the boxes. So now it's one on one in front of your priest. I don't want to have you staring at me and judge me.
0: Lie, lie, lie. That is fostering lying right there. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you what's a child going to do? Like, oh, I guess if they're being told they're going to hell for lying, but also right in that moment there, like.
1: I mean, I can tell you that's literally exactly what I did. My very first confession, I literally asked my mom, I was like, I don't think I've done anything bad. What should I confess? And she goes, just make something up. Say that you like stole a pack of gum or something, which I have never stolen in my life. And that's exactly what I told him. I was like, yeah, I feel bad. I stole a pack of gum. Literally exactly what I told him. Wow. Yep.
0: So it's better to have something to confess, which is lying, than to be like, no, I haven't done anything exactly. worth confessing.
1: Yep, I had to. Like, that was how I got my sacrament. I had to confess something. And I was fucking 12. Like, I hadn't done anything.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Never really thought. It. So, like, if you haven't done anything and you literally are like, I haven't done anything. I guess you could have thoughts that are of I don't I don't know man that's
1: yeah I don't know maybe I was supposed to confess my I don't know prepubescent thoughts I don't know
0: yeah I mean I would assume so if you haven't done anything
1: <laughs> no hell no I'm not not doing that yeah no no
0: So the sin that I am going to start with is the sin of gluttony and this, so there are things in the Bible that do kind of mention things that could be like construed as gluttonous, but I have some really interesting things about Christianity later and the war on Christmas, which is so funny to me. (laughs) But anyways, So gluttony actually back in the day, like we've seen this in art when to be a bigger person, was to be fat was actually seen as wealth and fertility. Correct. And that started changing when, so when we kind of made the transition from Greece being the power to Rome being the power is when a lot of this culture shift happened because Rome was just very different. And, The Romans, that's really when we got that like chiseled Olympian type body that we see in these like marble statues of these, you know, like men with these crazy abs and things like that. So that's when that changed and they liked that fit body. But also they still had these decadent feasts. But what was different is they were like they would vomit to make room for more. Like they there are writings of them sticking feathers down their throats to throw it up. It's literally like in the Hunger Games.
1: Yeah, exactly. The Hunger Games really I mean, even their names are very Roman. That's what she really took a lot from that.
0: Exactly. Christians viewed it as a heathenist of Roman culture. Like or Christians viewed that as like they were like that is too much. That's basically crazy that they're they're doing that. And the devil, they believe the devil used gluttony to try to lure Jesus to hell. So when he was fasting for 40 days, the devil tried to use bread, you know, to, mm-hmm. to get him away from that. So they believe it diverts your attention from the righteous path. So you're making food an idol, basically, which is obviously a big no-no in Christianity and I think basically most religions. So the theologian Augustine believed enjoying food at all was sinful, Like he wanted you to deny the body, right? So that's very indicative of very fundamentalism beliefs, you know, Mm -hmm. and you deny, deny, deny yourself pleasure and then they call it freedom. You know what I mean? You can be free with God. Like that's not freedom because you're denying (laughs) yourself everything. So a sixth century Pope actually listed five ways to commit the sin of gluttony. And I actually wrote down four and I listened to this like three or four times and I couldn't figure out the fifth way because I think the way this person combined one of them, I couldn't differentiate what he was trying to say. So it's (laughs) going to sound like I'm listing listing four of them because that's how I interpreted this. So we're going to say four, but I think there are five. So one is eating too much. That's kind of what we think of when we think of gluttony, just Mm -hmm. overindulging in general. Eating outside of the proper times. So you have very specific time frames in which you can eat in to be closer to God, holy, whatever. Wanting your food in a particular way, being too, he said, fussy about your food, wanting it prepared a certain way. That's where I think that it was supposed to be broken into two different ways. That's just the way it was worded. So I think that counts as three and four. And then five would be the strength of your appetite. So all of those things were considered gluttonous to this Pope. And that's how he wrote it down.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So I specifically like this would be particularly what would send me straight to hell. And like, oh, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, and that's, I think we, it was actually talking, I didn't really write this down, but I was also kind of watching this series. I'm sorry, I got a lot of my information. They were talking about evolution and how we have this, I think it was like a gene or something that hasn't quite figured out that we just have an abundance of food around all the time.
1: Yes, there are certain cultures that actually really struggle with that
0: and so we're we struggle with there's a lot especially in the United States and the UK and in a lot of first world societies that's why we have so much obesity because one the corporations that's literally what they're trying to do is shove it full of all of these additives that keep you coming back for more so it's a game you know
1: yes and fried and sugared foods are the the biggest things that our bodies want 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 so that we can store it so that we're we don't starve but now we don't need to store it
0: exactly but we're still doing that because we haven't evolved that long to just not have that gene around anymore you know we still have that evolutionary
1: Exactly. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. I mean, the depression, the Great Depression wasn't that long ago and people were starving back then. So it hasn't been that long Mm -hmm. since we've had all this manufacturing and all these very fatty foods. We haven't had time to evolve that.
0: Exactly. Especially in cultures that were prone to famine Mm -hmm. and starving. So and they were specifically talking about like Pacific Islander cultures.
1: Yes, exactly. That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, they really struggle with that because they were used to, you know, going out and foraging for fish or things like that.
0: And exerting an insane amount of energy while on no caloric intake at all. And calories are energy. So they were using a ton of energy on no calories. So their body had to adapt to that. So, I mean, that. And then also we struggle with like, I heavily and we'll probably will talk about this a little bit like on that second podcast that I was talking about because that's not really something I want to get into here. But I really struggle with a binge eating disorder. And like you're gonna send me to hell for that. All right. That's cool. That's on you, not on me. But that's just something that we've created in this society. Right. You know, as like with experiencing trauma and all these things. That's just one of those coping skills. But that mm-hmm, would be absolutely Eating too much, outside of proper time, strength of appetite, like all of the things that were just listed there are things that people struggle with on a daily basis.
1: Well, even the fussy eating. I have constantly been a picky eater, and I have since found out later on in life, I have found out that I am probably a female autistic, and that's why. Like, I can't eat onions because the fucking crunch of it literally just makes me want to die. So, you know, I'm a fussy eater. I can't do anything about it. I was born that way. What do you want me to do?
0: right right so talking about Dante's Inferno he talks about how Cerberus guards the gluttons in hell and gluttons sit in freezing rain naked in hell so it's like it's not like the the thing that's interesting about Dante's writing and obviously this is not biblical this is just one man's take right but this one specifically they're sitting in naked freezing rain like, it's not burning. Mm-hmm. It's just there. The suffering's a little different because they say that, you know, glutton is one of the easiest sins to commit, arguably the easiest sin to commit. Because, oh, yeah. and this is where I struggle. Like, I've talked to Kristen about this and my husband, like, and my therapist so many times. Like, you know, I have al- an alcoholic family member that's really close to me, and I, It's like she can walk away from alcohol and never bring it into her house. Like where I really struggle with my issues with food is like I have to eat.
1: Right. You have to eat to live.
0: And that's where they were talking about this is arguably the easiest sin to commit is because you have to eat. So it's seen as like the gateway sin as well. And that's also when they were talking about how the church tried to counter these sins with the seven heavenly virtues, Mm -hmm. restraint and abstinence like a uh, friars would literally <laughs> sprinkle ashes over their food to deaden the taste so that they wouldn't enjoy it. was <laughs> just like,
1: so fucked up.
0: Wow. And this is literally like eating disorders back then were seen as like close to God because they're St. Catherine. They literally called her the holy anorexic.
1: Mm, yeah. And she
0: wasn't yeah. the only one because she just wouldn't eat because she considered it. That it would make her, she would induce vomiting because she thought it would make her more pure and closer to God, which interestingly enough, that will cause hallucinations. So take Mm -hmm. that as you will. Like that's an eating disorder, sis. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it's like, I mean, are you trying to starve yourself to go back to him? Why did he send us all down to earth to just kill ourselves and go back? I don't get it.
0: Right. You know, tainting your body with too much food or too much decadent food was kind of where she was coming from. So she just would purge it out of her body. And it's like, are you trying to die? Like, exactly like you're saying, like, you just want to go to God. But, you know, she was considered a saint and she had all these visions, some like hallucinations because you're not eating, you
1: know. Right.
0: Yeah. So Judaism, interestingly enough, did not condemn this unless it was taken from others. So if you were stealing from the poor or eating so much that other people could not eat or it diverted from you basically going to temple, things like that, otherwise they didn't really care. So this was mostly a Catholic Christian thing, Protestant thing. Judaism did not put this emphasis on gluttony and Islam did not either unless it was in excess.
1: Yeah, they don't seem to want to totally control their people as much as the Catholics do.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Islam did in a couple other sins, but we'll get into, I have a little bit more on that and a couple others. Now, the Renaissance and high society changed this a little bit with fine dining because all of the higher ups wanted to have these decadent feasts and so they would make exceptions for themselves right mm-hmm. so something that's interesting is the puritans even outlawed christmas in the massachusetts colonies which is so funny to me because all we're ever bitching about is the war on christmas and the mm. og christmas banners The people that banned it were the puritans
1: Yeah, exactly. Tell me once again how we're a Christian nation.
0: (laughs) Right, because they thought that it would encourage drinking and overeating. So they banned Christmas, and you would actually be fined if you celebrated it. The demon of glutton is Beelzebub, who is the Lord of the Flies, Hmm, actually. Gross. Yes. We've actually heard Beelzebub's name in several things, Mm
1: -hmm. uh, in
0: horror movies. Beelzebub is translated to Lord of the Flies. He is the prince of demons and obviously was formerly a heavenly angel but associated with a star as the evening star. And it's sometimes synonymous with Lucifer. But he claims to cause destruction through tyrants, to cause demons to be worshipped among men, to excite priests to lust, to cause jealousies in cities and murders, and to bring on war. So this motherfucker's just...
1: He's like the instigator.
0: Exactly. He's described as placed high in hell's hierarchy. So I think that Beelzebub's just kind of like a a default demon, you know? Mm-hmm. So, because there, there's nothing specifically about, like...
1: Yeah, gluttonous about him.
0: Right. He's just... He is... It says, however, according to Peter, like St. Peter, he's the demon of gluttony. So, Hmm. and then according to Francis, Beelzebub's the prince of false gods. So this guy is just kind of a scapegoat demon. (laughs) Like, they think he's uh, many cases of demonic possession, uh, including Mm. sister Madeline. I mean, just, he's, yeah. Okay. He's just, he's just a bad motherfucker, man.
1: Now, one thing that I remember hearing about gluttony is so way back when, the in like the the kingly days, when the church was still in charge of everything, they had the whole no meat on Fridays thing. Like, that's how that came about. That's how we started, you know, eating fish. We kind of got around that, which is still meat, but whatever. No meat on Fridays. So what they, what the rich people would do is they would take something, they would take meat, but they would Put it in a form where it didn't look like meat. Maybe it looked like something else, or they would take fish and they would put it in a meatloaf form. Like they would change it so that they weren't necessarily getting in trouble. Now, the only reason I want to bring that up is because I want to bring up something that happened in our state, and this is why it pisses me off. So, th- why the church did that? Actually, the whole meat no meat on Fridays thing is because people couldn't. They couldn't get enough meat. For people to eat it on Fridays. So it wasn't even necessarily a total control thing. The This is one of the good things that the church actually did, where it controlled people in a good way for society. And they tried to do that by, okay, we don't have enough meat for everybody, so you can't eat it on Fridays. And it helped the population, actually. Now, why this pisses me off is because nowadays, or recently in our state, our governor tried to do a one day in a whole fucking year he did a meat out day and he got so much fucking flack for it that all the goddamn ranchers around here protested and everything. And now we have meat in days. Isn't every day in America a meat in day? What is so wrong with one day out of a fucking year not having meat?
0: I'm not saying it's the equivalent as far as severity, but it has, it brings the same energy as like, fucking people saying like oh well there's a pride month well why don't we have a straight month kind of thing you know yeah it's like well it's a that's not the right it's not the same equivalency because every you can do that literally every day and they weren't even saying like we're gonna take all meat off the shelves and out of restaurants
1: and it was something you could choose to do or not
0: it was like meatless monday so it was like a little encouragement or like a little like branded slogan type thing
1: and he got in basically in so much fucking trouble he didn't get really get in trouble for it but he has gotten so much flack for this and it pisses me off because you are fine for one fucking day eating pasta without meatballs okay one fucking day out of your whole life
0: right yeah sorry about that no i (laughs) know i i actually was actually talking to one of our friends about it And we were just kind of going off on the same thing. Like when that was kind of all happening, it's like people and they call other people snowflakes. Those are the real snowflakes. People that get mad about transgender people existing and vegans and vegetarians Mm -hmm. existing and having a day where they are like. Like
1: I can't even have me have you in my bubble.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Exactly.
0: Those are the snowflakes yes big time the ones that call people snowflakes are usually the ones that get mad over the smallest like a toy or a book
1: remember when the potato
0: thing the potato head thing and the dr seuss things were happening when they were taking blatantly racist dr seuss books off the shelf and they were the ones that nobody had ever read anyways
1: exactly now my my only problem with that literally at all I totally don't have a problem with them not making the Dr. Seuss books anymore, but the fact that they took them completely off of eBay, I feel like that's what eBay is for, is to find hard-to-find stuff. So I think that is incredibly wrong. That's basically akin to book burning to me, and I don't think you should do that. Like, if you're going to do that, then why do we have MindConf anymore? Why do we have any of this shit? Because we still need it. We still need it as something to look back on about how people were. Otherwise, we're just going to be bad again.
0: Yeah, I understand that. I mean, I'm sure that archives will have them at least, but I mean, maybe you so racist couldn't get their hands on them.
1: Yeah, I almost want to like I want to be one of those people who buys these books so that they still exist because, yeah.
0: I'm sure that like the publishers will still have them and museums and things will still have them. But I hope so. Because the circulation, I... I mean, like they were you know i understand the logic like hurting people and we're incredibly I get that, racist
1: i pretty sure the dr seuss's very first book is one of them that's being taken and i'm pretty sure it was taken out of his museum or whatever they have like it was taken out of that and i think that's wrong
0: yeah i'm sure his estate or something has it hopefully it's kind of like how i feel about the confederate monuments and stuff i'm like meh, but i get your yeah. point
1: yeah Yeah, well, even the Confederate monuments thing, like, I'm not saying that they should still be on our city streets, but somebody put their life's effort into creating a beautiful statue. Like, whether you uh, like the person or not, it is still a beautiful statue in someone's work, and I feel like that should be somewhere. Even if it's in somebody's basement and you don't want to look at it anymore, I would rather that than it crashed on the ground. But I totally understand, also, if you guys are asking for it to be taken down nicely and then it's not, fucking tear that shit down.
0: Yeah. I was, Germany has made interesting points and it's like, what the fuck would you guys do if we had statues of Hitler over here? That's how they view our confederacy. Yeah,
1: Right. They're not fucking wrong. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Off that little track. The next one I'm going to do is anger or wrath. And this is also really short, but I'm sure we'll end up talking about it. So Amon is the demon of wrath and Satan is actually the chief demon of wrath. So we actually have two of them because wrath is encompassing of basically everything. Amon was a corruption actually of an ancient Egyptian sun god, Amun, which I thought was very interesting, especially because as I've said in the past, all of the things from Christianity, Catholicism, they were all taken from other religions. And there's, there's one right fucking there. Even Amen, A Moon, like come on. Same thing. <laughs> so in Dante's Inferno, we have the anger and wrath people are on level five. And they are actually in the water of the River Styx. And the Wrathful end up basically beating each other, trying to get on top of these rocks that are in the middle of the water and they're attempting to pull themselves out and they're just beating each other back into the water over and over again and the one little note that I found was very interesting with this one was the U.S. has the highest rate of church attendance and belief in God we also have the highest murder rate in the affluent world Interesting. Interesting that uh, religion doesn't fix everything, right?
0: And yet we go around blaming Muslims. I'm just saying.
1: Right. We go around blaming God being taken out of schools. Y- yeah. Okay. That's That's the fucking problem. So there wasn't much about anger or wrath that I really specifically wanted to talk about because most of what we know, we know. I mean, there are a lot of, you know, just wars and stuff. That's all, everything that anger and wrath is doing. There are people that have anger management issues and they're all going to hell. The one thing I did find interesting was there was a man who told a story of himself. He basically died. He ended up, he was very sick in the hospital He died for a little bit, and he remembered getting up, walking down the hallway, trying to talk to the doctors, and they weren't paying attention to him, and he walked through a doorway, and when he walked in that doorway, he just started getting beaten up, which is basically what we heard. The wrathful beat each other, and he just was getting totally beaten up, couldn't get on the ground. He couldn't even see anybody. There were just fists punching him and kicking him and all of this stuff, and he ended up praying to God, and that's how he got out of it, and he came back. And now he is a pastor who his number one motivation is to stop people from going to hell. And I know that's lots of pastors' motivations, but his is interesting because he was an atheist beforehand. He had incredible anger management problems. He turned over tables sometimes. He, he never beat his wife, but he definitely was loud and angry. And he went from being that loud and angry atheist to now he is a pastor trying to save people. And it's like almost... Not saying I want to go to church because hell no. But that's almost like the level that we do need. Like, okay, you did see something bad and you changed your ways. You aren't trying to use people.
0: Yeah, that kind of stuff is like I've heard when I was taking psychology courses. I don't know if anybody's heard the one about the guy that he was in a car accident or something and he died and or said he died and was walking down this like hallway that smelled like sulfur and was really hot. You know, he was basically on his way to hell and then came back and now like warns people about hell and stuff. And, you know, we talked about, you know, everything that happens like neurologically when you die Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. That's my only issue with all of that, but I would not want to take away from people's beliefs and their experiences, you know,
1: Right, definitely.
0: Kind of like the, I guess the kid that wrote, I don't remember what book it, you know, the book about when the little kid died and said he saw God. Like, if, like, whatever, that's, (laughs) like, who... If you go around telling people that that didn't happen, like you're just going to be called an asshole, you know, like, right, you know, that's not. But at least he's not on the streets telling people they're going to go to hell at least. Well, he might be because he, he if, might if yeah. he said that he went to hell, then I would assume actually that's what he's doing. And in that case, I have different feelings.
1: <laughs> right.
0: But, you know. I don't Do you know what Dante's wrath punishment is
1: that's they're in the river sticks oh i'm sorry trying to give, that's yeah. right that's right so the fact that I he wonder... was somewhere and he was just getting beat up that lends some credence to it that's interesting yeah or he could have just read dante's inferno i don't know
0: That and yeah that's true and that's what's also like i think that one of the things about being you know part of like my personal like journey with religion and taking it apart, kind of is constantly being skeptical, you know, and not in like a way that is bad, but I think that, like, if I had kids, I would tell them, "You believe whatever you want to believe, but don't ever stop questioning everything."
1: Absolutely, because
0: I think that that is where especially like with the government and with you know things like that you start to get complacent
1: oh yeah I mean I want to believe this man but at the same time him even saying that he is a pastor now I'm like ooh, I don't know about that
0: yeah exactly and it's like how much research did you do and did you want to come up with the story and like and exactly so it's kind of like because there could be there's scientific explanations for everything and one of those is all of that all those fucking drugs that our brains make up Mm -hmm. pump into us when we're dying. And if he was feeling like he deserved to go to hell, then right. Because he was an angry atheist, you know, right. He clearly wasn't living like a humanistic lifestyle as an atheist. So, and I'm sure he preaches that whole atheists are lost, confused, kind of like, I don't know if you've ever, I haven't watched it yet. I think I'm going to maybe for another podcast that just Mm -hmm. came out god's not dead Uh, do you know the premise of that movie i do not oh god so it's about an atheist professor and one of the students is a christian and at the end the atheist like breaks down and he basically the students like see and the atheist has just been miserable all along and it's like it basically Mm -hmm. just paints that atheists are all miserable at heart because they don't have god (laughs) yeah interesting yeah anyways I'm gonna do sloth and sloth actually was previously split into two it was acedia and tristitia tristitia yeah with which actually so you hear sloth and you think lazy right Mm -hmm. so that's just like the first thing that comes to mind but it's actually much deeper than that and it's really sad (laughs) so acedia And Tristitia were actually apathy and sadness. Yeah. And depression. Exactly. So self-pity, grief, woe is me, and kind of letting poverty, injustice exist, complacency, being too lazy to say anything. It very much reminded me of the saying silence is violence, kind of, you know? Mm -hmm. So, And also, yes, lazy. And we do see this in the Bible, not outright saying like sloth is a deadly sin, but where we get, you know, justification from the Christian Bible is Proverbs, forms of being lazy and having a lack of ambition. And Jesus says, consider the birds of the air, they neither, and this is actually something that I wrote down that was against this. So consider the birds of the air, they neither sow nor reap, yet my father feeds them. But Apostle Paul said, stay away from an idle brother. And so I'm over here like, well, which is it? Right. Like, that's what's so frustrating to me about America in particular. Because all you ever do is hear people beating each other's with Bibles. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. word of God, blah, blah, blah. And then over here, you have literally word of Jesus Christ, who is the fucking Christ Messiah that they're, you know... And mm-hmm. he's literally saying like the birds don't do shit. And my God is still it, you know, and then we're over here shitting on poor people all the time.
1: Right. And
0: yeah. right now saying like, get your lazy ass off of unemployment, blah, blah, blah. And it's like
1: mm-hmm.
0: you motherfuckers don't even know your own goddamn book.
1: Exactly. And if you
0: do, you're picking and choosing what you want to listen to and how you want to behave
1: correct and that's where I get mad because most of it is just picking and choosing
0: and when you go out in public it's abundantly clear how you behave like mm-hmm. if your Jesus came back now and was just standing behind in line behind you at Starbucks or whatever
1: with his mask on
0: just observing your behavior do you think he'd want any fucking part of that you know what I mean
1: hey I still stand by even if he came back he'd probably be dead like you probably you crazy freaking evangelicals probably would have killed him or her maybe it's a her this time
0: yeah i agree or if he just like comes down as like jesus and like descends from the clouds it's like a fully grown fucking freshly crucified man and we all know he's jesus or whatever he wouldn't want anything to do with most of you oh yeah And this isn't you as our listener. I'm just saying, like, talking to Christianity in general. It's so frustrating. And they get so defensive. But I literally work with fucking, like, Colorado Springs is so conservative. Joke's on Mm me. And (laughs) (laughs) moving here from Texas. And I guarantee you these fucking men and women live their lives uh, you know saying that they're christ-like and god-fearing and they are so mean degrading Mm -hmm. i hear the things that they tell the doctor assuming that he agrees with everything because his job is to literally go yeah mm -hmm, mm -hmm." you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so it's just frustrating because i it's that verse right there struck me as like Especially right now with COVID and everything, you have so many people struggling and then you have the people that didn't struggle shitting on the ones that are still on unemployment or only working like eight to 12 hours or whatever the case may be.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Like it's their fault that, that we're in a fucking pandemic still.
1: Like That's a, the world is scary and depressing, and
0: yeah, and also there's this whole thing about like, well, go back to work. Like it's time to go back to work. Nah, nah, nah. Or the restaurants can't open because they can't find employees. Okay, well maybe they should pay a living wage then.
1: Fucking a, right?
0: Most people found more stable jobs. Most service industry people found more stable work in other industries and don't want to go back to the restaurant industry or whatever into the retail industry because they got paid nothing so pay your workers i'm just saying
1: right right i mean that's part of my problem so as my friend but as my manager you also know this like as part of why i don't want to go back in the office because i wasn't getting paid what i was supposed to be getting paid and now i found a job where i can get paid more and i can stay at home i'm good
0: It's like, especially restaurant workers. Like I know in Texas, I don't know what the thing in Colorado is. They get paid like two something dollars an hour. You think they get health insurance with that?
1: Right. Exactly. And they do that. So because, you know, tips will be their living wage. And that is so fucking that's fucked up. That is indentured servitude.
0: Right. Exactly. So and then we have the conservatives over here saying, well, these fucking lazy people still on unemployment. First of all, if they still are on unemployment, there's a reason, I'm sure. If they're making more money on unemployment, that's a systematic problem. Correct. That they're built to fail there. Then Correct. I would fucking stay on unemployment, too, to be perfectly honest with you. If I was making more on that, why the fuck would I want to go back to an industry that doesn't that pays me less than I get on unemployment?
1: Absolutely. fucking lootly
0: come on and then two yeah they probably found other jobs that paid them more you know yep so anyways so acedia apathy and spiritual apathy is the primary sin for like for monks actually which is complacency and inability to care tristicia which is sadness it damages you and so people around you are damaged as collateral this is despair and the antithesis of faith and a huge sin 1500 years ago they would use exorcists for despair so it was truly demonic so think about like depression yeah is a deadly sin like how sad is that now
1: to just have a chemical imbalance in your brain
0: right now later scholars kind of were catching up and called this melancholia and we were on our way to sort of starting to figure out that something was physiologically wrong they thought it was imbalance of fluids like phlegm and things like that so they weren't quite on the right i mean we were getting there you know Mm -hmm. but then guess who fucked all that
1: up Mm, let me guess religion
0: christians specifically actually of course Christians called it sloth, and they cured it with bleeding, vomiting, and enemas.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be in fucking bed anymore. I'd be like, yep, I'm out.
0: There was a Roman doctor, side note, that was interested in melancholia by release of sexual fluids, specifically in his female patients. So.
1: Interesting. Yeah. I love it.
0: So Pretty sure he was raping them, though.
1: Um, yeah, let's not look at it that way.
0: Yeah. Anyways, so with the introduction, this is where they really fucked everything up. With the introduction of Christianity, that's when the stigma with mental health, in my opinion, this is what this means, really became attached. They believed it was more than just an imbalance and it was some sort of possession. So I'm not saying it's Christianity's fault, but I'm saying.
1: It's Christianity's fault. It's Christianity's (laughs) fault.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And this stigma has stayed. We still, I mean, look, you know, like we still have a stigma with mental health today that we're really struggling to defeat. And it started because people with depression were seen as being possessed and Having needing an exorcism or being sent straight to hell because they had this deadly sin and there was specifically one demon attached to this his name was Belphegor or he was also known as the noonday demon and we see him in Psalm 91 and he was associated with orgies actually which is funny he was worshipped <laughs> in the form of phallus and he is known as the disputer and the counterpart to beauty. So when summoned, he would grant riches, power of discovery, and invention. And his role as demon was to sow discord among men and seduce them to evil through the appointment of wealth. So and again, it's interesting. He is one of the seven princes of hell who helps people make discoveries. And I still don't quite... There's a, I think it's because of what's written in Psalm 91 of why he is known as that, that Mm -hmm. noonday demon, basically just just,
1: another throwaway.
0: Well, it basically just talks about the Lord saving you from the noonday demon in Psalm 91. Mm. So, and being sad. So (laughs) essentially, so depression became shameful and remained that way for centuries. And it's still, it's getting better you know, mm-hmm. but they exercise them. And that still happens even in the United States in incredibly evangelical areas, especially in the South, people are still exercised for that shit. And according to Christians, suicide is murder. So, and also in many other religions. And that's why theologies thought sloth is unforgivable. It is the unforgivable sin. In 1621, the Renaissance shifted this a little bit because it kind of started to change the tide to an actual diagnosis. There was a, a, an intellectual, basically, that said, like, hey, if you're feeling like this, talk to friends, listen to music. But guess who ruined that? Oh, God. In 1629, American colonies fucked that up.
1: <laughs> of course. Yeah.
0: And they were very judgmental of depression because of industry industry would lead to happiness it was literally a crime to be lazy ironically that's why we're all so unhappy even today it briefly was looked upon with compassion when a priest that was super like fuck sloth it's really bad you need to go to work his wife became incredibly depressed but that's
1: usually when it fucking
0: but capitalism was created.
1: Oh, my God. Stop
0: being lazy. Work for the Lord and yep. country. That's patriotism. Now, sloth is now seen as more modern day procrastination. And that will lead me into greed after, Kristen, you, your turn.
1: Oh, my turn. Yeah. Wasn't
0: that a great little segue into greed, though? That's it, why. I,
1: it was. Yeah, Maybe now you we should have... just finish with greed. No, no. Proceed. No, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you don't want me to do that right now. <laughs> I need a
1: break. That's fair. That's totally fair. I'm leaving my longest one and the one that's mostly about me for last. So next we're going to, I, I should probably end it with pride. Cause that's like the big mama one. That's Lucifer. But we're going to talk about pride. Pride. Lucifer is the demon of pride. And I think if we all don't know, we should know that Lucifer is the demon of pride because he is the beginning of the sin of pride this is actually the beginning of all sin. Pride made a person feel like they didn't need God and it would lead to the other sins. Like pride of self in, in the mirror, looking at yourself in the mirror could lead to lust, you know, pride of your country could lead to war, could lead to anger and wrath. Pride leads to everything. And Lucifer is the origin of pride because lucifer refused to bow down to adam when god created adam he thought it was the his perfect creation and he asked all of his angels to bow down to them and lucifer said no i'm not gonna because i was made from god's fire and adam was made from dirt i'm not going to bow down to adam and when he didn't bow down he then had to you know back that shit up And he brought all his demon buddies and they tried to fight off all the other angels. And instead he got sent down to hell. And that is how he became the king of hell was through that pride right there. Dante says that prideful sinners march around Mount Purgatory. So pride, yes, it is a hell thing. But most of what we hear about from Dante is from the Purgatory book. Prideful sinners march around Mount Purgatory with large boulders strapped to their backs. Spending their lives looking down on others, they are not able to look up anymore because of these large boulders. And that was a big thing. So there are a couple things with pride that actually got brought together. So we have vainglory, which is, that's looking at yourself in the mirror. That's That's the vanity part of it, and thinking you're just amazing.
0: All the millennials and all the Gen Z straight to hell.
1: (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) Originally, I don't know if you guys heard me mention, we had pride and we had vainglory separate. Now, we did the Pope Gregory put them together. He added vainglory in with that because it basically is just pride of yourself in the mirror. It is pride of yourself. So, he added that together in order to do and see now mine's gonna go into it perfectly once amanda is done Mm -hmm. he added them together in order to make way for envy and i'll get ready to talk about it in a little bit but that is because envy is everywhere in the bible
0: yeah everybody even god's jealous in the bible
1: yes he's jealous
0: of everything that comes before him he literally killed (sighs)
1: Oh, but we're not talking about NBA. We're not talking about... I'm sorry. So pride. Pride is one of those. I haven't really talked about the ones that we've done so far. Lust, I don't feel like I really struggle with. Anger, I do. I do struggle with anger. And pride. I do really struggle with pride sometimes. And I, like, I know that it's a religious comment. You know, the beginning of all sin, pride made a person feel they didn't need God. But it's not like it's wrong. Like, I do think that that you know that has led me to not need God like I think that I am I got a handle on things in this world I don't necessarily need that you know big brother looking over me
0: yeah well I mean especially you don't necessarily like oh I don't even know if it's like I mean obviously this is your perception of your experience but like I totally understand like being prideful but like it's okay to be proud of the fact that you have a handle on things because you've had to have a handle on things like you've had to be independent for so long because it's literally just been you right for so long you know but i understand also being defensive and struggling with that when you get any sort of criticism or disagreement and it's like you don't know what i fucking had to do to get here (laughs) been through so
1: now that is something the scientific part of it that they have figured out more of. So with pride, everybody knows that, you know, you're proud of your country, you're proud of your culture, you're proud of your family, you're proud of so many things that are good things to be proud of. Pride doesn't really become a problem until it becomes the hubristic pride. And that's Donald Trump. That's, that's the people with all that money that aren't doing anything good for it or with it or for other people they don't care about other people they're not nice they're mean they're just taking advantage to have more of something that's the bad pride
0: yeah i mean that's we it. see that with it's so pride is so synonymous with like a lot of other sins too Not Mm -hmm. not synonymous, but it's like in conjunction with almost
1: exactly the bad pride can lead to greed,
0: right? Or greed leads to pride. Like it's kind of like which one you have so
1: much money and all these cars and yeah, exactly. Speaking
0: of greed, (laughs) so greed basically comes from us awaiting disaster or came from us awaiting disaster, according to the Greeks famine yet to come awaiting poverty. So we just started hoarding, you know, hoarding, cheating, corruption, theft, our possessions, controlling us. That's where it gets into the, like the deadly sin part of thing. And people believed in where it comes in biblically thou shalt not covet. That's literally one of the 10 commandments. That's more of a state of mind like greed So in 516 BC, Buddhism also laid out greed is where we really see it go all across all major religions, philosophy, is you're gonna find you know anti-greed philosophy everywhere in everything.
1: And it's not a greed is good, like fucking Wall Street, the movie.
0: Right. We don't see that until the 80s, but
1: (laughs) (laughs) right.
0: Right. So in 516 BC, Buddhism laid out, or Buddha laid out four noble truths, and the second warns of greed. Greedy is punished as being reborn as a starving spirit, so these spirits never, ever get their fill of anything, and that's just how they have to spend basically forever. In 3rd century BC, Taoism denounces greed, and greed is the source of all men's evil in ancient Greece, greed excess to is an excess to be avoided when they even talk about it in Greece with the legend of Midas. And I actually remember the legend of Midas even being told on wishbone, if anybody fucking remembers.
1: <laughs> I loved wishbone. Yeah.
0: Like really throwing it back for some older millennials. But and so that Midas is the tale of the man who wanted to be so wealthy that anything he touched turned to gold. But literally his food turned to gold I think he turned his own daughter to gold like mm-hmm. he, so he had nothing he, like he couldn't even eat like, yeah he had all this gold but it did him no good at all and so even the children were warned of that as a tale like a fable so aristotle wrote is to find balance between excess and efficiency and he saw greed everywhere man was insatiable And then Rome had Horace's seven vices, which became the seven sins later, or some rendition of them, basically. And greed was at the very top. He said it didn't lead to hell, but was a punishment all its own. The more you acquire, the more you desire. And philosophers weren't always angry at greed, just warned against it. And it was tolerated until jesus of nazareth so all the way through history all of these different philosophies religions scholars they all basically said greed is bad but greed is a punishment all of its own warned against it it was nothing that was like a harsh punishment because they understood that it was just human nature right until Mm -hmm. jesus was born and started preaching Jesus said, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? So this is really when we got the, the stake is the soul here. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to fucking go to hell here if you want too much, gain too much. And now we, if you are familiar with the Bible, Jesus really went on a crusade against the wealthy, Mm -hmm. kind of like Robin Hood. Now, I personally am a fan of Jesus Christ as far as like the teachings of Jesus Christ go for the most part. As far as stories go, he's pretty like they're good teachings. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Now he did call the poor the blessed ones like, you know, and that's another thing where I was talking about earlier where (laughs) why the United States is whack, man. (laughs) That's literally it seems like the antithesis of how we treat people in the US, you know, Yeah. It's just. Absolutely. He was furious at lenders and greed would be even played a part in his death. So Judas sold him out and the price that I think it was 30 pieces of silver. That was fucking cheap. Like that was hardly anything back then. And the phrase money is the root of all evil was actually written. Love of money is the root of all evil.
1: Interesting.
0: So the root of all evil is one of the the greediest entities is the church itself which is oh yeah you know i mean the catholic church started taking payments to absolve people when like way fucking back when right
1: yep correct so how are you why martin luther even left
0: right exactly so how are you supposed to teach people to save their souls especially from this deadly sin as you call it when you are participating willingly in this deadly sin you know you're condemning you're basically condemning yourselves here
1: you can't corruption corruption is everywhere especially when money's involved
0: exactly so the greed the demon of greed is mammon which is actually just another name for beelzebub ah so here he is again he's just like you know, it actually personified means riches and properties in Jesus's time, but would be reborn as a literal demon later. So mammon just it's like it was personified at one point, but earlier it just it was like just a thing that it meant like riches. So, mm, OK, when capitalism evolved, greed was never the same. And that's a historical fact. By 18th century, we had capitalism from a 1717, 1776 book, The Wealth of Nations. Self-interest behaviors and greed were a good thing. So literally, it said humans driven by selfishness and greed must be harnessed. So because of that, we got the slave trade, <laughs> child labor, exploiting the poor, And we had to put laws in place to get a 40 hour work week, which is still too much in my opinion. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And we had robber barons Mm -hmm. monopolizing everything, manipulating the government, Mm -hmm. exploiting every single class below them, inflating cost of goods on certain product nationwide to make themselves more money. We had to enact antitrust laws finally to help break some of that out. But even when we did that, for example, Rockefeller, it just made him richer
1: correct. <laughs> so,
0: cuz he had stock in all of his then 70 something yep. companies or whatever it was, you know. Exactly. So, the 20th century became the century of greed, and greed caused the Great Depression. Literally. So, the 80s to now, we're back to celebrating greed, and then even Reg- Reagan deregulated business, so they still get everything. Mhm. So, We, historically, you know, it was like, yes, greed is a bad thing, and then Jesus came down hard on it, and then we, especially in the United States, really rebirthed greed as a good thing. We completely lost our way with that.
1: Yeah, those, uh, Carnegie, J.P. Morgan, they literally bought the president, mckinley that president was bought by carnegie and jp morgan and rockefeller
0: oh yeah and And then it's
1: not like we're any different now
0: oh yeah reagan made sure of that yeah yeah so talk about a deadly sin now hoarders and wasters jousted back and forth constantly with hugh's bag of money wailing and gnashing their teeth And they're in circle number four between gluttony and anger.
1: And they're really hard to fight in the game.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Greed is hard because, like, the sloth to me is, like, the most sad because you're literally being condemned for being depressed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then greed is, like, that's, like, I know that we all – I I think that, like, greed, we all are, like, let's just be real. We all want materialistic things. We all And there's nothing wrong with that, especially because we're all a spoke in the capitalist wheel here. You have to be to survive, especially in the United States.
1: Well, not even the capitalism, but once again, evolutionary speaking, greed was good. Like, not to quote Gordon Gekko, but greed was good because greed made you look at what someone else had and— try to do better and hold on to your stuff. And if it's going to be lean times, you have more food and you're holding it aside for your family. So in the beginning, it wasn't a bad thing.
0: Right, exactly. hardwired
1: to do that.
0: And now it's just accumulate as much as you have. But when it gets up into the billions and billions and billions, you can't get to be a billionaire without exploiting people. Right. Like if you're sitting here with uh, millions and you – are living in that's uh, that's fine I'm not coming for you I don't that's whatever between like us and like a millionaire that's not in the like you know like like I don't know 15 to like that's what once you start getting like 15 20 to whatever million Mm -hmm. That's getting a little, like, when people say eat the rich, they're not fucking talking about your uncle that made it big with a car dealership and has millions. No. Right. That's the, he fucking did that whole American dream thing. That's fine. We're talking about Bezos and Trump and Mm -hmm. Elon Musk, you know, those people. That's who needs to come down and distribute that wealth. Because these people, if they decided they wanted to go, they could solve world hunger right now. You know what I mean? Ab-
1: Absolutely. fucking lutely I mean, these are the people that just, like, back to the Carnegie, J.P. Morgan, Rockefeller days, these are the people that I guarantee you Elon Musk could call Biden today, literally, and he would take the fucking phone call. Oh, yeah. And that is why they should be helping, because they have that power to do something.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that's where, like, if... If anyone should be just sent straight to a fucking circle in hell, it should be the people that are running our government because of their money and mm-hmm. people are suffering without when they don't have to be. When Amazon employees can't make ends meet and he's Correct. the richest man in the world, that's Correct. not okay. If there was a demon running any sin, it, it's greed.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. And... People having lots of money and amazing things makes me very envious. <laughs> so now we're going to lead into envy. And I'm ending with this one because this is the one I struggle with the most. And actually, I do envy people, but you'll hear mostly what I am is jealous. So people don't like to admit to envy. They don't, which is why why I try to, because I know it's something that people don't like to do and I really try to be better than, like, oh, that's very prideful. (laughs) No, I'm not trying to be better than others. I'm trying to be more honest to myself than others are. So I try to admit that I have a problem with envy, and I really do, but mostly I have a problem with jealousy, and jealousy is the fear of losing a loved one to someone else. Envy is more violent, so envy is more I am envious of you because of your car. And because I'm envious of you, I'm going to burn it down. If I can't have it, no one can have it. That's envy. I'm more jealous. Like I I struggle with, it has been years and I have had many struggles with my husband now. We've been together forever. But I have had a lot of struggles with jealousy with him. Anytime he, even just with friends, he wants to hang out with somebody else more than me. I hate it. And that is something I really try to fight back on. So the Leviathan is actually the demon of envy. And the Leviathan is a huge, like, serpent-like creature in the ocean, basically. And the Leviathan is the demon of envy because it is so large. And envy basically encompasses everything and envy is one of those sins that once it gets into your soul it can just take over and that is why it is a sin it's actually once again it's also a positive evolutionary trait though like envy helps you push yourself to be better you see somebody that got a banana off that tree and all you have is a coconut in front of you you're like okay well now I'm envious of that and I'm going to push myself to go get that banana I'm going to push myself to get a better job I'm going to push myself in the Judaism actually looks at it this way that there's good and there's bad envy and the good envy is you know say there's a scholar who knows more than you about something and you're going to push yourself to know even more than him that's good envy it's not bad until you're hurting someone basically Mm -hmm. now there's actually a goddess envy from greece and that's actually where this all came from so the goddess envy poisons everything she poisons good crops the forest die as she prowls looking for victims she is her eyes are green she even breathes like a green like I don't know, acrid air on things and it just kills everything. And the gods of Olympus absolutely hate her because she ruins everything. And trust me, I feel it. I struggle with envy and it really does eat into every single thing you do.
0: That's not something that I particularly struggle with, but I can just imagine like having to sit there and stew with that emotion. Like, it's not like I've never felt it before, but it's definitely something that like I don't struggle with all the time. So when I do feel it, it's like something that you just sit like for me like it's just like I've sat there and like had to stew with it and it's very yeah, uncomfortable, it like physically uncomfortable. Away.
1: Yeah. It won't go away. And that's my biggest problem is because when I do become envious or jealous, it is like it tanks my entire day. Mm-hmm. I literally can't get rid of it. And I can tell myself over and over again that you're being ridiculous and you're just being jealous, but it still Sits there and eats at me. And it's just, it becomes almost painful. Some believe that Satan was actually expelled from heaven over envy of Adam and Eve. So not even just the prideful part of it where he needed to bow down, but also the fact that God loved them more, basically. And he was envious of that. So even envy was way back then. It was also, it's all over the Bible. Envy is all over the Bible. It's also Cain was envious of his brother Abel's gift to the Lord and killed him because of it. Envy literally motivates the first murder in the Bible. It does many other things like Joseph, you know, his coat of many colors. His brothers sold him into slavery because they were envious of his relationship with their father. Basically, their father loved him more and they hated that and they sold him into slavery because of that. Bible is full of envious things. Dante says that the envious wander in a wasteland, their eyes sewn shut with iron threads, since sin was most commonly committed through the eyes. Now, we do have a German word, and I'm sure many people have heard this now. It is schadenfreude, and that is the German word for the happiness you feel at the misfortune of others. So because of your envy and your jealousy, when somebody you know writes a book and they get it published and you're upset because you didn't get it done but then you find out it wasn't you know didn't sell very well or anything and you, you feel a little happy inside that's schadenfreude and leave it to the germans to come up with something <laughs> but yeah right the greeks used envy actually as a political tactic so they used to write their the name of someone on a piece of pottery called an ostracon which actually leads to our word ostracism And if enough people voted for one person, they were ostracized from Athens for 10 years. And if they didn't leave within 10 days of that vote, they were killed. Mm -hmm. Buddhists have two separate things. So they don't just have envy. They have covetousness and jealousy, which are roadblocks on the way to enlightenment. And envious souls are reborn into the violent realm of the Titans, where the Titans are just so envious of of the other gods, basically, that they are just completely violent. It's basically hell down there. In the Middle East, they have the evil eye, which I'm sure many people have heard of. And it is literally that hateful stare, that hateful stare of an envious person that you get. That is the evil eye. And you'll see those little amulets, the like blue ones with the little eye in the middle. That is actually warding off the evil eye. And it is All over the Middle East. They have it hanging everywhere.
0: I've -hmm. seen necklaces with it. And like Mm -hmm. I'm not going to wear it because like it's, you know, not my culture. But I love it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Now when we get into psychology, there's more about envy. So obviously Freud. Freud's a big one with it. Boys have the Oedipus complex, which basically means that they want to have sex with their mother and they want to kill their father out of envy of their mom and then girls have penis envy which i actually don't disagree with entirely but i also agree with miss horney who is another psychologist who countered penis envy with womb envy and i do agree with that one as well i feel like that's a major reason why we have so many abortion bills and things like that done by men because they are trying to control that i feel like that is exactly why We have had the patriarchy and all of these things because men can't control our wombs. They cannot produce life like we can. And they are envious of that. And I don't disagree with the penis envy either because going into a workplace as a man is, or doing anything as a man, is just so much easier. For them, it seems, because, you know, I'm constantly looked at as that little girl and you can't do anything and you can't lift that and you can't. I am envious of males that are able to just be themselves.
0: Yeah. And walk around at night by themselves.
1: (laughs) Right. Exactly. And not have to worry about all the things that I have to worry about or deal with all the things that I have to deal with. Like, I can't tell you how many times on the highway I have gotten cut off and flipped off and you know roadblocks on the highway where I can't pass someone because I'm a woman and you're in this big as Amanda calls it yee yee truck and you don't (laughs) fucking like me yeah and I hate that yeah
0: yeah like I said that's I struggled with it a little bit more when I was younger but I it it is incredibly all-consuming feeling Mm -hmm. so to struggle with it consistently you know, that's I can't imagine how difficult that is and, you know, how often I don't know if you feel it like, you know, with your friends as well as your spouse or just kind of like with different things in your life. But, you know, that's that's tough.
1: No, it definitely is. And I mean, this is not on you at all. This is literally just pointing out how I hate to put say I'm sick, but how sick I am because I honestly am. I love your big, beautiful house. I love it. I love that you have it. But at the same time, I'm like, I want to move out of fucking Pueblo. I hate that you have that. But I don't. Like, I love you. But then there's that sick part of me that's like, no, fuck that. Yeah. And it's hard.
0: Right. Well, and it has to come from somewhere, too.
1: Yeah. I mean, mine literally came... We've talked about her before. Mine came from my mother. Like, I literally... Amanda has seen it. She is jealous of my friends. She is envious of, you know, the fact she always wanted to have a big family and she ended up with just me. And I'm looking at a future of probably having a few kids. She always wanted to be married. She ended up not. I am married now. Like, she is an incredibly envious and jealous person. And when you grow up seeing that, of course, that's what you're going to probably emulate. So...
0: Right, which is why it's so important to check yourself around your kids, man, because exactly they just take everything with them into adulthood and it just makes it that much harder to undo all these things that you did as a child. Like I might not struggle with that, but you also don't struggle with like the eating things that I right. do, you know, yeah. it's like things that we'll just never understand about each other's exactly. struggles. But like I, I can't empathize with you, but I like sympathize with you. You know.
1: Exactly. Food is not something that I ever really struggled with. But I know that you and my husband struggle with those my mother struggle with those things. I know it can be so hard and I hurt for you guys, but I can't feel the same. Like I, I don't know how to deal with that struggle.
0: Right. And it makes me sad that you struggle with that because I'm sure it feels isolating with envy. Like I'm not gonna never yeah tell you things but like I don't no, want to you know feel bad, you know.
1: No no tell me things. Like I honestly the more I hear things, the more I can deal with it and get the fuck over it and work on this problem. It just I hate feeling like such a bad friend because I am happy for you, but then there's also that little part that's not. And right. the fact that I'm not just one thousand percent happy for you hurts even more.
0: Right. No, I and I understand. But like, that's one of the things that I know about you. Yeah, already. Like, I already knew that a little bit without you even having to tell me. And I just I know that that's not who you are.
1: Exactly. It's not who I want to be. I want to be better.
0: It's like we're not the things that are like if that was your whole personality and you were going to come burn my house down. Yeah, there'd be a problem. (laughs) Right. You know, but like. And it's not – and, like, using that as, like, like if you really truly don't like your situation, then, okay, like, if you want to move. But also, like, if you don't want – like, there's nothing wrong with where you're at is what I'm saying. Right. It's just –
1: And that's exactly where I try to get. Like, honestly, that right there has caused so many – relationship problems between connor and i because i was constantly the grass is greener on the other side type person and that's basically exactly what this is like i'm seeing your big beautiful house and i'm like it could be better but my house is fine right there's nothing wrong with it
0: and like i've told you a million times like and 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 i don't you know having to justify like i know that we probably would have moved eventually but I, I was feeling cramped in my other house, but they mm-hmm. were going to build some apartments around me and I was like, not about it. So yeah. it was just kind of like a force, not a forced out of necessity, but definitely like, you know, and it was not a, a one up, you know what I mean? Like, it no, just, I
1: know that. And I know these are my problems well, to and deal that's,
0: with. And that's kind of what it's like when you, when you have issues like that, like I, when we're talking about these sins, like, let's say I struggle I don't struggle with lust anymore because like you know I'm married but not that you can't be lustful after your spouse but I think when people think of lust it's definitely like more of like a promiscuous type of thing Mm -hmm. like nowadays but like I've struggled with like gluttony and sloth and Mm -hmm. I think we both sloth is kind of oh yeah absolutely but it's definitely like You're not uh, kind of an equivalent, like you're not going to go out to eat to spite me. I'm not going to buy a house to spite you. You know what I mean? Like
1: Right, exactly. And
0: we know those things deep down. Yeah. But sometimes in the moment, these things can hurt. But that's because we're stupid fucking human beings with stupid fucking brains.
1: Exactly, exactly. Yeah.
0: So, and you're not going to go to hell. First of all, the big fucking thing at the the moral of these fucking stories (laughs) are you're not going to go to hell for any of these things.
1: No, God didn't even say any of this 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 was totally done by man. This is totally a story, and god it, it's an interesting one. I'm right. fascinated by the seven deadly sins. It's so interesting,
0: right, but they were literally written by some dude, and then some other dude elaborated on it, and then some other dude elaborated on it, yeah. And then there were some Bible verses that kind of matched up with these things because inherently, like, greed is bad and, like, false idols are bad and, like, you know, being wrathful is bad. Like, obviously, you're going to find little tidbits of these things in religious text.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: But if they were truly deadly sins, there might be a fucking passage about them, you know,
1: right? right. <laughs> God going, don't fucking do that.
0: That might be a commandment, you know,
1: <laughs> right? Because
0: he did write 10 of them.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Well, thank you for hanging out with us for about an hour and a half here for this <laughs> yeah. one. If you hung in there the whole time. Thank you. There was, I just wanted to shout out real quick, a listener that sent in something for us to do our charts. Couldn't figure that out. <laughs> so yeah, we tried. Yeah. We wanted to see it. So if you figured it out, because it just took us to the homepage and then there was like, buy this book for your deadly sins. And I was yeah. like,
1: mm,
0: I can't spend $60. But if you figure that out, let us know because we will post them if we can figure yes. that out. I will let you know. I will follow up with that. But otherwise, you can find us on all of our social medias. Everything is the Extra Sisters podcast, except for Twitter, which is at the Extra Sisters. Something frustrating. Oddest is Hottest. Everything is Oddest is Hottest, also except for Twitter.
1: Are you kidding me? Oddest
0: is Hottest (laughs) was taken, bro. Oh, my God. And I couldn't even do like Oddest is Hottest podcast, which is I realized why the Exorcist or podcast is different because you can only be 15 characters. So fucking Oddest oh. is Hottest on Twitter It's just Oddest Hottest. No is. So. <laughs> <laughs> but Twitter is not like a big media. I, I don't know. Twitter is probably my least favorite one. It should be Facebook, but whatever. <laughs> Anyways, those are all the socials for all the things so i just said them <laughs> except for patreon if you would like to head over to patreon we do not have one for oddest's hottest because there's no reason for that so that's <laughs> just getting started but for this podcast you can head over to patreon.com slash the extra sisters podcast and join our little family over there
1: yeah, until next time stay creepy